Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 480. I'm in a room with no furniture. It's very echoey. So there's no effect on my voice right now. So if you want to recreate what this sounds like, uh, rip up all your carpet and take all the furniture out of your house. And then record an intro like this one. Um, We're going to be experimenting with doing At Midnight Live in cities around the country, perhaps, if it goes well. So the first one we're going to do is at the South Beach Comedy Festival on April 4th. And uh, go to southbeachcomedyfestival.com to get information about that. And if it goes well, then we'll start doing them on the road. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hover.com. When you're looking for the best place for a domain, everyone knows about Hover. Um, People who know a lot about domain names use Hover. That's because Hover has the best tools and support that you could possibly want. Uh, They will take all the friction out of registering a domain. Usually it's an unpleasant experience. There's a lot of other crap to do. There's, they don't really make it easy. It's, it's sort of the interfaces are old, but Hover is up to date. They have the best customer support. They are known for a no wait, no hold, no transfer phone service. So that when you call, an actual human being will walk you through whatever it is that you need. Um, then also you can get Google Apps for your domain so that uh, you'd be able to use a suite of tools from like Gmail and GCal and Google Drive and Docs, the whole package. It's a great solution for businesses. It's only a little bit extra, and it's a 30-day free trial of that on your Hover account. And if you like it, then you can pay for the Google Apps. So I would like to thank Hover.com for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. There's a 10% off customer code, and it's nerdy goodness. So if you use nerdy goodness over at Hover.com, you're going to get 10% off uh, your new domains. All right, thanks to Hover for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, which is Jeanette McCurdy. Now, Jeanette and I were introduced by a mutual friend who works at uh, Cirque du Soleil. She's super cool. She's on a show called Sam and Cat, and uh, I'm always really interested to talk to people who start out really young in the business and how do they navigate it and what happens when they start to get older and then how do they transition. Um, so we became email pals, and then, uh, you know, and Jeanette said, uh, by the way, I'm a huge Pete Holmes fan, so I said, I'll tell you what, I will introduce you to Pete Holmes, and then you can do both of our podcasts. Uh, and she said, squee. Um, Really cool girl, really smart, um, and uh, and funny. So here it is, the Nerdist Podcast number 480 with Jeanette McCurdy. Now entering Nerdist.com.
Chris, have a seat. Thanks. Thank I've you. already started the podcast. You started? Yeah. Well, I can't get near the mic because I'm eating a banana and people hear me eating. Oh, well, then the you just hang out. I'm just telling Jen about um, uh, Frazier. Oh. <laughs> Jen, don't listen to him. <laughs> yes, it was a fun, good show. Great show. But Matt... Is this what you'd... Like, if you went out to a bar and met a girl, like, is this what it would be like? Yeah, I'd be like, so... Let's talk about Frazier. And then I would gauge her response. Like, she just laughed in my face. So I would still go for it. She's not laughing like, no, she's oh, laughing. he's so charming. No, no, it's like I'm, a fear laugh. I'm familiar with the fear laugh. If I didn't keep going after the fear laugh, I would never have had a girlfriend in my life. <laughs> the Matt Myra story. Push through the fear laugh, the Matt Myra story. Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. That's right. Yeah. Janet McCurdy, welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. <laughs> can, can you, are we all good? Should we hold these? I'm going to keep holding them until I have to leave. Oh, go to the gym. Oh, you're going to, you're going to the gym. Yeah, I got to go. Eight o'clock is my session. All right. I go to the gym three, four times a week. Oh, God. You know, between Frasier. So if he lost you on Frasier, <laughs> then... I'm going to lose you on... There's so many things I can lose you on. <laughs> so I you like Star Trek. <laughs> okay. Great. 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 Chris. No, wait a minute. Next Chris. generation. Star Trek, the next generation. Nope. Chris, I mean. Nope. No, this is perfect. Tricky. This is great. Don't worry about it. You don't have to like Star Trek. I can show you Star Trek. It'll be fun this was very this is very cool of you to come on because we don't really know each other, but a, f- a mutual friend of ours connected us via email and said, eh, it seems like you guys should be pals. Yeah, I was very excited. We caught up with lunch a couple weeks ago and he was like, he mentioned you and I said, oh, I'm a huge fan. And then he said, well, I'll connect you guys. And I didn't think he would, but he did. That's so nice. Yeah. It's our friend Andy who works for Cirque du yeah. Soleil. He's awesome. Have you seen all the Cirque shows? I've seen like 15 of them, yeah. Oh my god. Wait, why are there 15? There's like traveling ones and then there are like resident shows and I've seen, there are eight in Las Vegas, so I've seen all the resident shows and then there are traveling ones that I've seen. So it's more than just the Beatles' love. (laughs) Yes, Matt, that's a more recent one, by the way. Come on, you you go to Vegas frequently. Oh my god. Could you just bear with me for one second? All right, I I feel like I do most of the time. Frasier 3 and Circus Olay show. No. Through the skyline of Seattle. Think about it. You got the skyline of people swinging from the Space Needle. There's a man that's dressed up like Eddie the Dog. (laughs) Why not just get a dog? Like, you can be like, don't worry about it. It's Circus Olay. They do weird stuff. Have you ever seen an episode of Frasier? I've seen a couple, yeah. Okay, so at least she gets the references that you're you're dropping here. Eddie the Dog. dog. I know. Communist. That's who doesn't know Eddie the Dog. Moose was the real name of the dog. (laughs) All right. All right. Good. Good. Anyway, good. Chris, why don't you actually start the podcast? I saw O a couple of weeks ago, and I'd never seen it, That's and it was cool. amazing. Yeah. The retelling of Othello? No, not the retelling of Othello. <laughs> no, you lost me. It's O, as in I believe. No, it's the letter O, but I believe it's really E A U, meaning water in French, because it's a water show. Wait, they do Cirque du Soleil in the water? Yes. This is crazy. Yeah, it's like a water diving acrobatic show. It's incredible. Like when someone dives like from really high into a pool. Yes. You ever see the guy do it on a horse? I've never seen someone <laughs> dive off a horse. Well, you're missing out. Into the... Into it's in what? a movie. I feel like it's in a, in a movie that maybe Scarlett Johansson is in. I might be confusing my horse movies that she was in. I think you've had a psychotic break. And <laughs> the bounds of reality and what you're inventing with your brain are it's clashing. Been, it's been such a long life. <laughs> 
It is. Our, our days are... How are your days? How long are your... Are your days pretty pretty long? Um, short if we're like rehearsing. We're done by like two, but if we're shooting, then it's long till like 11. Uh, Jen is on a show called Sam and Cat, which is produced by my friend Dan Schneider. I did not know you guys knew each other until you told me, and then I told him. And how, and so you, you were on iCarly, and then you went to Sam, Sam and, and Cat. Sam and Cat, like a yeah. spinoff, yeah. Was that your first... Uh, I mean, it's it's... He's really created this kind of insane conglomeration of show after show after show after show after show. Yeah, he literally just shot his first pilot in December that was not like a spin-off of a previous show that he'd done or had some character that came from a different program. Um, so he's he was kind of, I guess, nervous about that, but it was fun. I visited the set. When you went on to iCarly, was the, did you kind of have that understanding, like, this might spin off into something or... Um, no, I had no... I mean, I Carly went so long, too, that I thought for sure by the time it was done, they'd just, like, be done with all of us. So then when they came they came to me and they said, hey, we want to, like, develop something for you, my first thought was, like, don't you guys think I'm just too old because I've been doing iCarly forever? And they said, no, we think you can still look pretty young. So I said, okay. <laughs> so they're basically like, yes, you're too old, but we can make you look yeah. younger. We can make yeah. you look younger. Yeah. Uh, they literally said, like, with the right clothes. <laughs> we can... <laughs> oh, it's a lot of Hello Kitty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how long? When did you start? When did you start acting? Uh, I started when I was eight. I actually saw. I started because you would appreciate. I, okay, I almost don't want to say this because you, being a true nerd, I, I'm a Star Wars fan, but like not to the point where I can. I'm not like a crazy Star Wars fan. I'm just like appreciate. Like them. Matt is about Frasier. Right. Yeah. Like Frasier. I'm not gonna be knowing no. what like happened in the third episode or anything. But I went to see Phantom Menace, and for some reason, I just loved. Jake Lloyd mm-hmm. in the movie, and I wanted because, to like. Hang on, because of <laughs> oh how old you were. I was six. The I movie, was six. The movie was made for you. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Six-year-old girls. I've loved never it. talked to a six-year-old who's seen this movie. Okay. Um. So I, I went to see the movie, and I thought Jake Lloyd was it, and I wanted to marry him. So I told my mom that I wanted to act, and she was like, "You're crazy," but I harassed her for a couple years, and then eventually got to act, and have not yet. You know, met Jake, Jake Lloyd. Lloyd, but if I do, that is what I'm. So so far, about. you're saying that the prime directive has failed. You have it not. Has you have this really done. great career, but it's secondary because <laughs> your career no was Lloyd. just to bone Jake Lloyd. That's I what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. At six years old, yeah. I mean, that's why I started playing baseball. I thought I would end up with did Gina you meet Davis. Jake Lloyd? Oh, with Gina Davis. <laughs> why did you think you would end up with Gina Davis? She played baseball. She was in a league, a league of their own. own. That's when I was, you know, around that age. Well, she wasn't saying that she wanted to go a pod racing with Jake Lloyd. She just <laughs> right. She I mean, understood she could separate at fiction six, at six years old. Matt, she knew that there was this a fictional story that was being told. Some people have and you watch street a, smarts. You watch a league of their own, and I don't. Okay, but so I'm sorry, Jen. Hang on. So so so. In this world that you live in where you want to hook up with Gina Davis, yes. if you're following the storyline that she's a baseball player, would you not also follow the storyline that it was during the war? Yeah. And that she would have been... People inc- go to war Her all character the time. would have been incredibly old. People go to war all the time, Chris. All right. I don't know if you're familiar with the Gulf War, the first one. All right. <laughs> okay, but we didn't have to, we didn't have to start the, uh, the Rock and Peaches. Baseball League? Yeah, I know. But I that was wasn't... thinking like, I would like, end up like Tom Hanks' character and have to coach them. <laughs> Why would they let you coach a baseball team? It was a skill I was going to develop. <laughs> All right, so I feel like we can't really do anything about your dream of... But we can probably find Jake Lloyd. We can find Jake Lloyd. But I don't What's... think so, because now he like hates that he... He said that Star Wars ruined his life and everything, so well, I feel it like... did. But if I mention... If I'm like, hey, you were great in Star Wars, I love you, then it's going to be Just weird. don't say that. But <laughs> Which you I say mean? you weren't great in Star Wars, and will be like, hey, <laughs> wait a minute. There's also the chance... I haven't seen a photograph of him in a while, but he could have... He has He could have gone weird. 
Like it could have aged. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Yeah. Like, but you made a commitment, yeah. and I did. You, it's important <laughs> and for I'm you to gonna stand by it. It's <laughs> yes. important for you to see things through. Mm-hmm. So we are going to. As a matter of fact, Jake's here right now. Uh, <laughs> Matt, take him out of the drawer. Okay, Jake. <laughs> hey, Jake. Pull me out, <laughs> Chris. He's died. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're off the hook. So you started, so at age six you said to your mom, I want to I want to start acting, and, yeah. and you must have grown up in this region of the country. Uh, in Orange County, yeah. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So that's not, that's not too far. No, it's not. My mom had actually never driven on a freeway, and she had never gotten gas in our car. Oh. So, like, when I first wanted to start acting, she got gas for the first time, and then she started driving freeways, so she gave up a lot. That's know? really sweet. Yeah, it's cool. You know, Orange County, I guess for a career is not really bad, but you couldn't date someone who lived in Orange County. Like, that's, that's far enough yeah. that... It's it's a day trip. Yeah, I have a hard enough time with Silver Lake. So yeah, it's really far. Yeah, but Orange County is uh, which which part of Orange County? Garden Grove. Okay. Garbage Grove. Yeah. Garbage <laughs> Grove. Casually, mm-hmm. hey, we call it Garbage Grove. <laughs> yeah, it's not the greatest. <laughs> so you're not going to go back and start buying up plots of? No. You can go back and change it. I don't think so. I don't really want to change it. It's pretty bad. I'll just let it be. Do you like... So as a kid, you said, I want acting, but then you didn't really know what that entailed. So how soon did you go, this is amazing, or, oh, this is not at all what I wanted it to be? Um, well, right off the bat, I sort of... I went into audition for some, like, Faith Hill music video or something, and I got that, and then I did, like, a skit on Mad TV, and then I didn't get anything for, like, a year. So at first I had, like, I was sort of... I was all excited and thought, oh, this is great. Everything's good, panning out for me, and I'm going to be a star. And then after a year, I was like, this is hard. But I still <laughs> liked it. And uh, so I just kept going. And then, you know, I would do, like, guest spots and things like that. And then I did. I started at Carly when I was 14. So you, because you also uh, do country music, you must I have did. met. You did do <laughs> country music. Yeah. You, you must have met Faith Hill again at some point. I did. I did. And at that point, her kids watched iCarly. So it was kind of cool because uh, we had something to talk about. <laughs> And you're like, now I own you, Faith Hill. <laughs> now you be in my uh, video, Faith Hill. Uh, the puppet has become the master. <laughs> Tim McGraw still controls everything. Does he? Are they? Know. Are there? Is their relationship not doing well? I'd heard, oh, they're breaking up. But then I was in Las Vegas, and they're on the cover of a magazine, like Tim touring and, together. Yeah, yeah, they're doing like a show together, mm-hmm. and it just. It just uh, having an understanding that maybe things aren't going well, it made the picture that much sadder of seeing them together and going, <laughs> man, they're prisoners of this thing, this career choice yeah. that they've made because it will ruin both of them if they just break up, right? Yeah. Describe the white stripes. <laughs> yeah, really? I guess so. No, Jack, Jack was fine. Jack was okay, right? Were they? I don't know. Where no, I mean, they? Jack did okay after they... I feel like people like Tim and Faith as a unit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's almost like, what do you think about the... Um, what do you think about sort of like the royalty of celebrity where it's these people's lives are kind of not their own anymore? Is that str- is that, do I you agree terrible. with that? I think it's awful. I mean, I think it's worse. I don't know who it's worse for, the celebrity or the or the people sort of like succumbing to the to society. Like everybody's obsessed with celebrities and what per, something somebody ate or what who somebody's with. I just think it's I hear I'll explain ugh, bad. to everybody. I feel like I've never heard anybody explain the whole thing of celebrity. And I will now break it down for the world. Okay. Here's what it is. Alright. People love celebrity gossip mm-hmm. because people love gossip. Like I like gossip. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's a person we mutually know. Let's say, for instance, you're gonna like listen, here's what fucking Kyle did over the weekend. Okay. It was bananas. Right? He got arrested, right. drunk driving, in a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You're interested in this story, You right? just described Justin Bieber. Shh. Okay. <laughs> They're, the They're the same. Okay. But what I'm saying is we, because we all know, because we've all seen that guy yeah. or that girl, 
then it becomes an interesting thing to us. I think it just makes. Pe- nope, my answer's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think it just makes people. F- they like to see people. Um, you know, because they look at, I guess they look at celebrities and they go, oh, their lives are so great. And to hear that they're just as messed up as everyone else, maybe that there's some type of voyeuristic, mm. you know, I don't know. No, it's just like hearing something fucked up your neighbor did. You know, oh, that weird neighbor I see from time to time did something weird. That's interesting to me. If they published a magazine of what my weird neighbor did every day, I'd probably subscribe to it. <laughs> I guess that's true because you know, you know what I mean? Because you know that guy. Yeah. The celebrities are just the same common frames yeah, of reference that we yeah. all have. Do you like engage in. Celebrity gossip? Like, do you walk in? No, I don't really work? care. Yeah. I don't care. I really don't care. But, like, I get why it's... I get, but you get it. I get why it's interesting but, to people. So then why do so many people care? Do you know what I mean? Because I so many people aren't... Like, they're... It's just an it's, interesting it's thing. It's disposable entertainment. It's shitty disposable entertainment hmm. to look and, and... I mean, it's basically... I think what celebrity culture has become... It's basically a soap opera that none of those people would have been in, but they can go, oh, Angelina did this, and then Brad did this. So there's basically, yeah. they've created this, you know, um, periodical literature soap opera of all these people who would never be in a reality, you're like, in mm-hmm. a soap opera, that they can then talk about. And then she did this, and I mean, like, you look at the cover of Us magazine, and you go, there's no way those people said or did all yeah. of those things, <laughs> you know, like... You know, Brad storms out Angie's mm-hmm. left in tears and kicked a baby like you know like whatever all the which one the headlines are it doesn't matter that place that house is lousy with babies you could kick it any direction and that's kick true. a baby that's very true so I think it really is just about putting people into uh, this soap opera hmm. that, that that makes people maybe just feel maybe they kind of feel like they can control them a little bit hmm. I don't know have you ever are you a victim of it at all um I mean yeah Usually when I'm like when I start dating somebody or something, people get like if it's somebody of uh, somebody who's notable, I guess you know, in the public eye, people will notice and take pictures and be all obsessive about it. But I don't know, it's all weird. <laughs> I mean, you've been you've been you've been doing this since you were a kid, so yeah. does it does it still kind of weird you out? Um, I, I honestly, it's it's a struggle not to not to engage myself because uh, you know even like with Twitter or whatever, if I if I check it, like I'm gonna see. I'm going to see things that I don't want to see. So I just have to decide to either not check it or to be okay with seeing the negative things. But I have to like come to peace with either one because you can't have it both ways, you know. So I think it's hard, uh, it's hard for me because it's a struggle. Do I, do I check the phone or do I not? And, you know, I change daily. I mean, being a part of, being a part of the generation that grew up with the in- – I mean, you've never not, known there yeah. to not be an internet. Do you, do you feel like you understand it better than those of us who are older than you? <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't. I it. I I hate it and I love it. I think it's sort of. Every, it seems like everybody's general idea of it. You know. Yeah. It's like a. Hmm. I mean, you're good at it. You know, I think you're good. I think you're good with your with your with your Thanks. interneting. You 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 have the you have a great YouTube channel and you you know you post stuff on YouTube and you interact with people online regularly. Uh, and I think most people in your position don't really do that. Well, you know, at first when I got I, guess I first started getting into. Like so, I mean, when it first started coming around, I used like I don't know, 2008 or so, and everything started getting big, and YouTube, and then you know, Twitter in 2009. I, my brother tells me, but my brother's a computer engineer, so he like tells me about, oh, look at this uh, new app, or look at this, or this is going to be the next big thing. So I'll sort of sign up pretty early for things and kind of get a sense of uh, if I feel like I can serve any sort of a purpose, or if it can help, or if I have anything to offer in that. 
in that platform. But at first I didn't have any, any sense of like differentiating what kind of content to post for each one. So I would just, it was like a big blob to me. So like I didn't do anything different for Facebook than I did for YouTube or Twitter or Vine or uh, Instagram. But now I feel like I've figured, oh, I can do this here and I can focus on this here and I can focus on this part here and kind of differentiating them helped me at least to have more sanity and I think better content. <laughs> do you feel like, cause are, are, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about your generation of people? Do you feel in general, do you feel good about everything or do you feel like, yeah, we're kind of screwed? <laughs> yeah. Cause it, I, I, I watched, I saw your video of generation love. Oh God. What are you watching? Why is it? Why I wanted to Ew. watch. I was like, I want to see some of the, so you're not, you don't like the country music. No, it was a horrible phase in my life. <laughs> So bad. Isn't that funny that most people go through phases, but no one ever knows about it? But if you go was through a phase, God. it's on the internet forever. Yes, it's so bad. Was it just your handlers being like, this is what you should be doing? It was, honest to God, it was the writer's strike. We were on our second season for My Carly. Yep. I told my manager I was bored. She said, you should try music. So I did. I started posting covers. Capitol Records in Nashville saw one of my covers. They flew me out to Nashville. Uh, had me sing for them, gave me a record deal, and then I just like started touring, and I hated every minute of it. Really, it was awful. I absolutely hated it. Why? I just thought I w- it was so bored, and they would like tell me what to say between songs, and I'd have to <laughs> the songs and like patter. Yeah, it was. It was just very. Uh, the whole thing was really contrived, and they kept telling me like in every interview, we want you to say this, and we want you to talk about how you grew up listening to country music, and I was like, I I didn't, and they'd be like, we'll say it anyway. Oh and, wow! Yeah, it was just like very. Um, what if your patter just got really creepy and just with a big smile you'd be like, Hey, uh, how's it going, Asheville, North Carolina? I'm in a prison that I can't get out of. <laughs> what did you just say? Oh, here's another song. Like, so you heard nothing. It's so interesting to hear. Okay, okay, okay. So you were you were in the formula system. Like, you were part of the formula system of like, here's a cute, young, charming girl and she can sing and so... We're just going to put her into this machine and generate, yeah. what, like a my, another Miley yeah. or something? Well, and I swear to God, I was like, why? I asked my manager, I said, why is it Capital Nashville? Like, why necessarily is this country music? And do you even think I should pursue a music career? And uh, they were like, well, you have blonde hair. So they said that that, like, seems country. So <laughs> that seals the it's deal gonna right there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just uh, it just was not a good fit for me. And it was a, I, I'm glad that I did it in retrospect because I feel like I learned I don't have any sort of itch to do music anymore. And it's I, also fun when you find something you hate. Yeah, well, yeah, it's great. And you know not to do that <laughs> mm-hmm. anymore. You, I'll never, never want to do that. How long did you that. tour? I toured, uh, I did like, I did a radio tour for two months and then I did like a, U- a U.S. mall tour uh-huh. for two months. What was, and I was that like? On a, like? I, was ter- I was on a bus with a bunch of guys that they were just like, I mean, they just didn't smell good. And they just like, <laughs> it was weird. And they, I mean, they all, the music was all there. It was their life. Yeah, so sure. they were super excited to be on the road and everything. And mm-hmm. I just... I honestly was I didn't like you were just a kid being forced to do something but it sucks because I feel like I it made me sort of not I don't know if it made me cynical but it just made me not like I guess it made me cynical because I started hating everything well Well, yeah because you know I'm sure I'm sure on one hand someone might be like oh yeah I feel really bad for you because you had to tour and be a music star but but if you hate but if it's something that you genuinely don't like doing when it comes down to your everyday life yeah then I think it really is like, then I'm sure you start having these, this existential crisis of what am I doing? What do I yeah, want to do? Who am I? Exactly. And the same way you mentioned, well, people probably think, oh God, yeah, woe is me. You're, you know, out there touring and working for a big record label. That's true. But, uh, you know, I wasn't happy and that wasn't for me. And uh, I, then I, that also kind of 
tore my complex in another way because then I thought, well, I should be happy. I should be enjoying this. This should be like fulfilling to me and it's a great opportunity that not many people get so I shouldn't take this for granted and I should be loving every second. And it was just this weird, like I wasn't sure how I was supposed to feel or, you know. It was weird. I think I think like I think like what I think what you said is really important and I think it was a good I think it was a good lesson. I think it's a good lesson because you may have learned in that moment that how to say no to things that don't sound sound like something that you want to do. Yes. That's mm-hmm. how you learn. Mm-hmm. And you know the other thing is that I think when you're young when you look back and you go, "Oh my god, those things were you, people will forgive pretty much anything you do when you're young because they're like oh you was young and trying stuff out you know so it's not like it put a permanent mark on your record that you'll never be able to get past see I hope not but then like you mentioned you're like well I just watched you know Generation Love like people can see that yeah they can but that's why it's important for you as an artist or a performer to just start putting more stuff I mean, you know, no, I've been making, before a couple of years, I've been making bad TV shows since before you were born. Uh, almost, actually. Oh, my heart. Um, but, you know, like before like 2007, I made a lot of shows that I was not proud of, but I just, I made them because I was trying to work and, you know, whatever. And so... Alcohol wasn't free. <laughs> back then, it wasn't, that was before 2003. And so, um, I think... Uh, it was really, it was a really interesting time because everyone had this one perception of me as doing a specific kind of shows, hmm. and so it was actually, I think, almost a little more challenging than if I had just started off because I had to dig out of this hole that I was in. Yeah. But the point is, if I can do it, pretty much anyone can do it. I think people do have short-ish uh, memory spans, yeah. and so if you just start putting out more content that you're proud of and more stuff that you like and more stuff in the world, then they will. They'll forget about yeah. whatever from before. But and, that's just your responsibility to do that. Sure. And also I think, you know, I think it's, I'm uh, over, I'm overthinking it. Like people don't care that much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody cares. They don't care as long as, I mean, like the, they, they care, you know, as much as your kind of your last crop of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if you never did anything again, then you'll probably get generation love questions <laughs> for the rest of your life. But yeah. if you start doing a bunch of cool stuff, you know, and yeah. Popping up and I don't know. What do you want to ultimately? What, what do you want to do? Uh, I like comedy. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, that's sort of my. I, after I finish Ham and Cat, my goal would just be, I guess, to like act in another in another sitcom of some sort. But um, I also like I love writing, so I'd like to write. Do you have anything kind of in the in the can that you've written that you're ready to go with? Um, I've written a couple sketches for funnier for the people at Funnier Die, mm-hmm. um, and they've been really supportive, and we're shooting some of those soon. Uh, and then, I don't know, I'm, I mean, I'm always writing, so I just figure it's a matter of timing and everything. You're lucky, cause you're lucky that you write, because that's, that's how you can really take control of the direction of your career. Because just yeah, as an actor, totally. you just, maybe if you get lucky enough that the right things will come along, you yeah. know, but it's, there's so much waiting yeah, and hoping. Yeah, doors and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that, I feel like I've seen, a, I hope this isn't a creepy question, it's not meant to be, it's just I more, it's creepy. It's, shut up, it'll be fine, it'll be creepy. Well, it, it's, when, when you see a lot of, um, when you see a lot of uh, people who were actor, actors as children, actors yeah. and actresses, then they sort of get to a certain point when they're an adult and they're like, oh, I have to do this like really adult role in something now to show that I'm not a kid anymore. Do you, do you feel that pressure or, or is that, is that anything that you've noticed? No, I don't think so. Uh, the question comes up time to time in interviews and things. People are like, well, don't you think you know you should do something that shows like, oh, look how grown up I am? But I don't think so. I think um, doing more, 
you don't have to do something like vulgar or shocking uh, and alienate your fan base in order just to like show that you've grown up. Right. I think there are ways to show like, oh, I'm not 14 anymore. No, oh, I have a working mind. And now oh, I have opinions about things without like, I don't know, pulling. I don't want to say pulling a Miley because I think, you know, she's she's cool and all. But I, I that wouldn't be my path. Like I wouldn't right. do that. And I think also you also have the benefit of social media so that you can... You know, I mean, I guess if it were like 10 or 15 years ago, it would be harder for you to kind of get your voice in the world so people would know what you're about. And now, you know, you have opportunities every single day. You can post something to YouTube or or you can post, you know, to Twitter or whatever. And and then you can sort of steer where that goes. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, yeah, social networking's definitely helped me in, in that area. Do you want to do film at all? No, I don't like the pace of movies. They're too slow. I think I, so too. Yeah, it's so boring. Like I can't do it. I was I watch whenever I watch a movie now, I just I watch and I'll go, "Wow, he picked up that phone off that table. They had to shoot that like 10 times. <laughs> that guy waited for 8 hours in his trailer." Yeah. And it really like I I don't think I could handle the inactivity. Mm-mm, no, me neither. I definitely I don't have that kind of patience. What what shows do you like right now? Um, I've been watching like The Mindy Project. Uh, I like, I don't, I don't like a, I don't know. I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't do, I don't do Modern Family. So just Fox is what you're saying. Yeah, just Fox exclusively. Cool. New I Girl, mean, I like do you New watch Girl. the New Girl? Yeah, of course you do. I actually like a lot yeah, of Fox. Yeah, because Fox. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What else is on? Uh, Modern Family. There's, uh, there's your old standbys, your two and a half men's. No, I don't like two and a half men's. Your Mike's and your Molly's. Your Big Bang Oh, theories. I watched a little of Brody Stevens. Brody's um, show. Yeah. Brody's Brody does warm up for our show. Are you serious? Yeah, you just missed him by you, like 30 you minutes. You did, you just missed him by... Oh my God, that's awesome. Uh, 15 minutes. Brody is... I've no, I mean, Brody and I used to do open mics together, and he's a lovely guy, and he did warm up for Chelsea's, Chelsea Handler's show. Yeah. And I did that for a couple of years, and then uh, and we started doing our show. We needed a warm up guy. I'm like, I wonder if Brody would do because he's fucking so good. He's yeah. so good with the crowd, and he's he, so he said he's so doing I got it. Fired. Well, Matt, you were never technically hired. It was just like Matt, go out there and distract the audience. <laughs> but the energy that Brody has, like he's yeah. he's great. Well, I love how he talks about too, like reading. I mean, just the way I know everybody talks about reading a crowd, but the way that he talks about it is so interesting, and how he's like sometimes they're just. You know, they're not ready to be, either not ready to be on your side for a certain joke, and you have to, like, I don't know, just always be engaged with them. I thought that was interesting. It is interesting, like, the role of a comic, particularly a role as a moral person, is that you essentially have to be a leader that people would want to hang out with mm-hmm. as, as a warm up guy, because yeah. if. If they don't respect your ability to lead them, then they will rebel, mm-hmm. and then you can't keep them together. But then you—they also have to like the person. It can't be like you can't be, yeah, you know, shit, sit down, shut up. Like he can't—he <laughs> can't be like an army sergeant. Yeah. And Brody just—he really—he really rides this line of being a cheerleader for the audience, but also directing them in a, in a really good way. Does mm-hmm. Sam and Cat before a live? Does that before a live audience? No. We already covered this, Chris. <laughs> well, she'd like it to be. Maybe they 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 should just once or twice. Well, it's a whole different studio insurance situation. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Uh, plus, we do everything eight, you know, too many times. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Do you guys shoot at Nickelodeon? Where do you shoot? At uh, Nick on Sunset. Yeah. On Sunset, yeah. So, I've seen close. the billboards there mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Well, just because the billboards there doesn't mean they shoot there. <laughs> That's why the billboards are up there. That's Nick's studio, guys. Yeah. 
That's I, where when I drive by Paramount, sometimes there's billboards for stuff. I'm like, I know that didn't shoot there. But, but, but I guess that's true. Okay. Do you uh, so you know like Matt Bennett and those? I guys? love Matt Isn't Bennett. He great? He's one of my best friends. He is. Mm-hmm. Matt Bennett. I adore that. I adore that guy. I first met him at like a promo shoot we did for Nickelodeon a couple years back, and I was I was just like, oh my god, he's so smart, and uh, I don't know. We have a lot of common interests, and we all we often go see shows together and things. He's great. He does yeah. some stuff on our YouTube channel, and he does some live. He does a monthly live. Did this is your show mm-hmm. at yeah. our Nerdist Space? Yeah, I go see it uh, every month. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's. Have you done it? No. You should. I know. I want to. I'm terrified. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm That's why you got to do it. I know. <clears throat> I mean, I know, but. I got I got accused during one of the la- the last podcast last week was Christina Ricci and she I was like you're really funny you should do comedy and she was like no I'm not funny I don't think I'm funny and someone on our comment thread said why do you always try to make everyone do comedy but because I feel like we have people on who are really funny yeah and you like you should do I think you should do comedy you should do it live I'm telling you you'll love it. I mean, I'm, I did make it one of my <clears throat> New Year, like one of my goals to try doing something live, uh, doing some stand up at some point, but I don't know. Uh, God, it's, it's terrifying. Well, see, Matt's show is a perfect, um, is a perfect safe zone yeah. because you could go up and do something with Matt mm-hmm. and it, it's such a different experience when you're on with your sure, friends. Sure, sure. They're sort of your safety net and they're, you know, like you can screw around. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like if there, yeah, if there was a place... That would be uh, the one. Have you seen any of the shows there? Yeah, I have. Cool. Yeah. I saw, um, yeah. Which one? I don't know, just, I see them all the time, but I like them. I think if, so if you were to, if you were to start performing, like what kind of stuff would you do? Would you do like stand up? Would you do like, in, in your perfect world, if, if you didn't, if you weren't freaked out by it, what would be the thing that you see yourself doing? Um, I've written, I've written like a lot of stand up, so I'd probably just try it. I would just want to do like five minutes at an open mic night somewhere where nobody's going to see and just like get it over with just to say I did. Uh, What if you're bitten by the stand up bug? Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, I, I have a a good friend of mine who is actually one of our executive producers assistants and she's super into comedy as well. She's a big fan of this podcast. Um, What's her name? Allison. Hey, Allison. Oh, she's going to be so excited. Allison. Um, Keep your eyes on the road, Allison. (laughs) Allison, Allison, you single? What's up? Allison, do not listen to what that is. (laughs) Allison, he will break your mind. (laughs) Um, But at least you'll get to watch Frasier for free. So that's something. Want to watch Frasier? No. Fine. She would. Fine. I have a brand new living room set. It'll be fun. (laughs) So yeah. So she's super fan. into. Uh, she's sort of my like local friend, and then my best friend, uh, who I actually met during my country music deal. She was mm-hmm. the best part of that whole experience. Her name's Hardy. She lives in Nashville. She is super into comedy as well. So I sort of just you know we all bounce ideas. Uh, you ever I, go to the Zanies in Nashville? Yeah. Pardon? You ever go to the Zanies I in did? Nashville? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've done that. It's a good club. It's a good mm-hmm. club. It's a really fun. good club. Yeah. So do, do you? <clears throat> are you worried with comedy? Or are you ever worried with anything that you do about? You know what your audience is now versus. Oh, I don't want to offend anyone, or I don't want to bum anyone out, or like, does that? Do you ever have that fear? I don't worry about offending people, but I worry about trying to uh, trying to learn more and be more uh, be more intelligent with my comedy and and not just like rehashing the same jokes and not just going to like the low, the low hanging fruit jokes. Because I find that some, like if I tweet something that seems like to me an easy tweet, it'll get like six thousand retweets. Mm-hmm. And if I tweet something that I feel like a little like proud of, then it'll get like four hundred or something. <laughs> so I know it's sometimes I just think, oh, it's hard to try and cater to this audience that I have built in that are used to, 
you know, maybe laughing at things that because they're because they're just used to them. Sure. And then trying out new things and then not getting the same response. So it's kind of. I, I mean, just let's put this in perspective. Four hundred's a great tweet. <laughs> <laughs> But she has, <clears throat> I have a lot of Twitter followers. She has more than twice as many as I do. So it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big playing field. Guys, I have 72,000 Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> Wiener. Um, but, uh, what's your, what's your um, handle? Uh, at Matt Myra. Cool. It's with an I, I, not a Y. Matt Myra. Yeah. And it's not Mira. It's not Mira. Look. <laughs> You know, but I, but I think that um, <clears throat> I think because you're asking those questions, and I think be- I'm your unofficial counselor right now. I think you, because because you're asking those questions and because you're seeking those paths, I think that is the type of thing that will give you career longevity, not so much having to chase the lowest common denominator all the time. Because I think that's why a lot of young people go crazy when they get older, is because <clears throat> that. The lowest common denominator thing just happens to work for them automatically because they're young yeah, and yeah. their audience is young and it's like everything's great. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, it's it's the, the low hanging fruit stops working. Yeah. And they're like, I don't understand. I'm not doing anything different. Exactly. But they just got older. Mm-hmm. So I think you're 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 seeking these kind of more progressive paths. I think is a really smart thing to nice. to do. Um, if you so you say you have this five minutes of material. Did you say it's written or you just you want to do five minutes? No, it's written. Um, but I want to. I mean, I haven't done it. Is that what I mean? Yeah. No. No. God. Oh, man. I literally, my goal was to to do it before the end of January, but that's absolutely not going to happen. I'm, I'm terrified. Like, I fucking, I'm so scared. Sorry. You can, I'm just no, like, you can swear on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just so terrified. I don't know. God. Are you worried that people are going to record it and put it online? Or are you worried that people are going to recognize you? Or Um... No, I'm just worried people aren't going to laugh. Well, if they don't laugh, guess what? It's over in five minutes. That's right. That's the beauty of live. And it's the best. It, it's such a good part of co- the, the comedy process is because one way to look at it is like this five minutes of material failed, but the other way is to go, all right, so that didn't work, but how could I make it work? Because sometimes just the way that the, the translating stuff from the page to you saying it out loud. Yeah. Sometimes things occur to you and go, oh, no, 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 it should be this. Like, you can retool stuff or you can start over, but it's, it's really, like, comedy is not just about the laughs. Like, that's a nice bonus. It really is about the process. And yeah. the process can be really fun. Yeah. And, and heartbreaking, but in a way where you're like, oh, I'm going to figure this out. Hmm. So it's not that. I think if you do try it, I wouldn't worry if people, I mean, everyone, every comedian that you love yeah. has been on stage and had people just, you hear... <laughs> In the audience, mm-hmm. and not laughs. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go out to see stand up at all? Yeah, all the time. Where do you go? I uh, go to UCB, go to uh, Laugh Factory and Comedy Store, all the usual. Have you ever books. have you been to ASCAT? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you done ASCAT? No. Oh, you'd be great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I mean, you can be the monologue guy. Yeah, because all you got to do, you don't have to be funny as the monologist. Yeah, you, yeah. You just all you have to do, like, so there's no pressure to be funny. Mm-hmm. You just someone says something and then you just start talking. Yeah, I like that. As long as long as long as you give the improvisers information, yeah, then they'll. I find that I do this thing. I swear, I'm even doing it. I'm doing it now, where I turn into this like shy, like I can't look at people. I can't. I just shell up. And yeah, we've noticed you're not making eye contact with anyone. (laughs) Oh god, because you scared the shit out of me with all that Fraser talk. (laughs) I mean, it's really you could show. (laughs) I don't know why, but I do this. I do it when I'm nervous. I do it around authority. I do it around Dan, our producer, and Warren, our other producer. I just retreat into like my, I guess, I sort of call it like my little girl mode, where I just can't, I become this weird version of myself, where I just, I don't know. I don't you know, know what? what you don't have to feel bad. I have a little girl mode too. <laughs> that sounded bad. 
no. But I do. Oh I have God. that. I have that. I have that with people. Like yeah. if I'm like at a party or something. Like I was okay. So I was at a, I was at a party over the weekend. I'll Here name he, drop. It was Moby's goes. house, okay? Here I was at Moby's it house. It was fucking pool party. It was too cold, so I didn't swim. But you know who was there? Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, I think he pronounces it Jesus. So, uh, so no, but I went to this party, and, and, and I had this thing happen, which uh, I went to the party alone, um, and I show up. Seems weird. And I realize <laughs> that... Um, I don't know anyone there. You have friends you could have called. And I don't, I don't have any friends that I can call, I Jen. Not one I can, like, bearded be there, friend. I could, be there in, like, I could be there in no minutes. He's I have a available. direct transporter <laughs> to Moby's house. Um, and so, uh, and so I, I didn't know anyone. And, I, and my, my first thought, because I, I get weird in these types of interpersonal situations. I could talk to a million people with a microphone, but yeah. but one on one, I get a little like, yeah. I don't know. Am I supposed to? Are you supposed to? And then when do you stop? And when do you start? Like, exactly. I'm not going to some... be interesting. And then you can't bring up something that happened a little bit ago because then I don't know. Yeah. Comfortable. God. And it totally. And so I I was going to leave. I was like, well, I'm no one's no one's going to miss if I leave. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay, and I'm just going to talk to people. Uh, and I did, and it actually worked out okay until. I started doing what Matt does with Frasier to this actress um, named Lucy Davis, who was on the original Office. Wait, wait, wait. Let's explore. Okay, what did you do? What do I do with Frasier? Okay, you know what you do. But she's she's a British actress and she's really funny. And so my first question was, have you ever been on an episode of Doctor Who? Because I thought she had been. There was something in my head. I was like, was Lucy ever on Doctor Who? I would never ask someone if they had been on Frasier because I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's why I was confused. I asked because I was confused. I was like... <laughs> so, first of all, you didn't do anything that I would do with Frasier. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so then uh, I... Second pers- of all, Lucy Davis, you can ask her so many different questions about The Office, about Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. I understand, Matt, but this is why I'm awkward at parties. I'm not awkward at parties. You're- why didn't you bring me? <laughs> I could have been like, Lucy, remember that time that your fucking Yahoo email from yahoo.co.uk was fucking up, and I spent six hours fixing it for you? Matt used to work at the Genius Bar at the Apple Store. Yeah, Yeah, I totally remember that. And then we'd high-five and probably have a baby. Well, I think... think Is that how babies are made? Yeah. You high-five and someone instantly, and you impregnate them. (laughs) Pretty sure. Is that... I'm like 80% positive. I feel like that's how it happens with the Navi. <laughs> Are you having an avatar baby? Sometimes. I just plug my tail into her, high-fiving. <laughs> I totally, I, well, I, I built it. Is that what happens in the Navi? I've never seen Avatar. I know they. seen Avatar? No, why the fuck would I see Avatar? You're giving her shit about Frasier and Star Trek and you haven't seen Avatar? I'm not going to waste my time. Why wouldn't you? What, what, what time? You watch Pawn Stars all day. I don't, not all day, just like oh, sometimes. God. God damn it. <laughs> First of all, stop attacking me. <laughs> I think stop doing the thing I do with Fraser. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear my air quotes, world, but they were there. You can hear the, the molecules being displaced by his one-handed air quotes. I mean, you don't have to, like, take me to the next party. You'll, it'll go better. All right, I'll take you to the next party. It'll go better. My, my point, just sort of wrapping around, is that I totally understand what you're talking about. That yeah. if you can be a performer, there's a little bit of a protection. You're talking to people, but you're not, like face to face so tell me about your said staring in their eyes yeah I'm, I'm weirdly uncomfortable at parties yeah Ugh. oh I'm great at parties guys both of you take me <laughs> I'll break the ice with everybody you want who do you want to talk to I'll talk to them. maybe not in the way 
That what do you, what do you, I want what? You want the ice broken in Matt's way? Come on. Yeah, but Matt's the kind of guy who would go up to someone and be like, Oh yeah, I hated that movie you did. Like he would totally do And that. then they'd be like, I hated it too. Oh my god, high fives, baby. Not always. <laughs> Stop making high five babies. Well, listen. With your hands. I can't help myself. So uh, I'm that fertile when it comes out of my hands. Oh, <laughs> So their eggs are in their hands? Like, I don't understand how... I don't have to explain the rest of it. I just know my end of the whole thing. (laughs) Are we freaking you out yet? No. Okay, good. Good. I'm on board. (laughs) You're on board. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it? What is it that you think... What is it that you think kind of makes you go into shy mode in particular? Um, I think it's not wanting... I don't know. It's just, I think, a fear of being judged or... I think if sometimes if I'm more my myself quote-unquote I can be a little more um, like brazen or a little I can come off a little rude or sometimes if I say something that I'm actually feeling people take offense to it and then I then I feel bad and I realize that like oh god I've hurt somebody's feelings and I was not meaning to and then other people laugh so then I'm happy about that but then it's just like this weird it's just easier to retreat and sort of put on the shell you're you're fighting comedy is what you're fighting that's what all (laughs) Most comics, com- comedy people are your tribe, and and most comics understand that for the first part of their lives, they're like, I should just never talk out loud because I piss off some people, and yeah. you know, like, or it's the it's being in a group of people and everyone's kind of having a good time, and then you say something like, Yeah, that's like that abortion, and then everyone just <laughs> stops, and you feel the air get sucked out of the room, and you're like, Oh. <laughs> oh, not everyone says offensive shit all the time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Growing up, I think I had it. I had it easy because I would. I have three older brothers, and I'd be like, I'd be fighting with them or whatever, and I'd say something, and I would make my mom laugh, and my brothers would get pissed because I would never get in trouble. My mom was just like, well, I don't know, I'm laughing. So I always saw that as like, oh, it can it can be helpful. But um, but I was homeschooled, so I didn't go to public school, so I didn't have to deal with my my peers in that way. So then I started like dance classes when I was. When I was nine, and that was a whole new territory because I would say the things that I was used to saying around my mom, and it did not resonate <laughs> with my fellow classmates or their parents. So I think I offended a lot of people, and then I just that kind of started messing with me. Then I understand, but I think yeah. that um, you should just express yourself with dance. I think, <laughs> I think, I think if you started hanging out with comedians more, you would start to feel like even if you don't do, even if you don't ever do stand up. Yeah. I think if you hang out with comedians more, at least you'll feel normal. Like, oh, okay, there is a type of person that does this. These are these people, and I feel comfortable around them. Yeah, that's definitely, like, some of my, you know, my better friends, the Matt Bennett's or the, you know, my friend Hardy or my friend Allison that I mentioned, they are all, uh, I feel like we're kindred spirits in that way, and, like, they are people who understand that uh, that element. And other people, I find it's just, if I find it very difficult to, like, connect with people generally because I feel like they, it's, I just don't, like uh, I'm either gonna piss them off, or they won't understand, or I won't understand them, and we're just different. But yeah, that makes sense. So thanks. so yeah. Well, one of the things that you because you've mentioned a couple of things that you like, and they're like really intense, heady things. Like you said, you you said you adore Pete Holmes's podcast. Oh God, I love it. You, mm-hmm. Which you should do. Like you should definitely do Pete's podcast. How'd you, feel, how'd you feel about the three-hour one I did? Did you <laughs> know that was on three hours? I did not. I did a three. It was the longest one, right? Kate? Are you serious? Yes. Yeah, I did the longest. Megan Gans was long. Oh, Megan Gans beat me. That I was three and a half hours. I've heard Megan Gans. When did you do yours? Oh, I don't know. Last when did I do it? Last year? Yeah. Okay. Pete was very interested in my previous breakup, so I explained so that. Oh. About the tome hours. for three hours. I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Frasier, Frasier isn't mentioned okay. once. <laughs> what happened? 
Frasier isn't even mentioned once in oh, the break. Oh, God. So oh. enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pete doesn't tolerate that kind of talk. He wouldn't mind. I guess he wouldn't. If I somehow brought it back to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I could have played? Ah, laser! <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just shot a pilot. I just, I just did a... Uh, I do this bowling show on YouTube, the celebrity bowling show. Yeah. And we shot a pilot... For AMC, and it was the cast of Mad Men versus me and Tom Lennon and Nathan Fillion and Pete Holmes. And Pete, the, the, uh, the Ham and a couple of the guys were harassing um, Nathan about being on Castle, and, and Pete Holmes goes, Oh, all this time I thought you were the mentalist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. That's a great line, and probably a genuine mistake. <laughs> He's he's wonderful. Yeah, you should totally. I think you know. Well, Pete's gonna Pete you, he, Pete's gonna dig deep on that podcast. So, are you, are you comfortable with that? I'm ready. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I say, and then I like to like laugh. Yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's fine. Enjoy it. If you listen to mine, you'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get why I'm so fucked up. Oh, great. Do you? Um, so I, I assume you, you probably, with the exception of like maybe Matt Bennett and one other friend, you probably don't hang out with people who are around your own age, right? No, I don't. And I don't, especially, I don't like date around my own age. And that's something that I face a lot of flack for. And I don't... Um, What's yeah, the cutoff? 30? Pardon? What's the cutoff for you? Um, I usually like in the 30s. is In the 30s? Yeah, like... <laughs> In that range. I take a time machine, and I find dating in the Great Depression is the best. Um, <laughs> We're not in the 30s. Oh, you sure? Around age 30. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Asshole. Um, um, yeah, 30s, 30s is good. I mean, I, you know, my... <laughs> what are you laughing at? You're a side asshole. You're not a side, a side asshole. <laughs> Did that come out? Did I say that out loud? That wasn't internal. I thought I trapped that with my tongue. Oh, you were sneaking out. <laughs> I mean, I'm 30 and dating me is its own Great Depression. <laughs> Points. Uh, <laughs> I, said, I said that to my girlfriend the other night. I, this at midnight show, I just we had to figure out a way to let people know that they earned points in something. So I just started yeah. shouting points at them. I just go right. points. Yeah. And so it just sort of became this weird thing on the show of yelling points. And so at home the other night, I said something, and then my girlfriend Chloe goes, uh, "Yes, do that." And I look forward to never having sex with you again. <laughs> and I go points. And she was holding. <laughs> We had gone to this hippie restaurant, and so her fork was this, like, balsa wood fork, and she just stopped, and she squeezed her hand and and cracked the fork, and she looked at me and goes, if you ever say that in this house again, if you bring that work shit home, I will hit you in the face with intent to hurt. So I'm not allowed to shout points at home. Understood. I'm not allowed to shout points at home. I wouldn't do it either. No, she was not a fan. She's weird. She was not a fan. So uh, I'll, I'll, hook you, I'll hook you and Pete up, and then you go, and then you can go on the then you can go on the you made it weird podcast. Have you done his TV show yet? No. Oh man, have you done any of the talk shows yet? Um, I've done Craig Ferguson and Fallon. Craig, they're both great guys. Yeah, they're so nice. I was really uh, I never I didn't expect that at all. Did you feel you felt Vince felt pretty comfortable with Craig, right? Yeah, I felt really comfortable with Craig. And then um, for Fallon, we actually did like an iCarly crossover episode where we got to shoot. Um, some stuff with him for like two days, uh, about like a year and a half back. So then I went to the show 
uh, I went to do a show about six months ago, and he remembered me, and it was so nice, and I, he's great. What's the strangest pressure? I mean, like, what are the pressures from being on uh, a show? Like, you know, like a basically a, like a, a kid show, like a, a teenager. I mean, they're, like they're kids, teenagers. Um, the biggest pressure from it is, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, contradicting like uh, messaging going out there because kid, like you look at what kids are posting on Instagram, like they're not the kids that their parents want them to be. And they want you to post things that are uh, not edgier, but like a little, you know, they're they're ready for, if I want to say shit or damn or something in a, in a post, I can do that. But then if I post something uh, with even the slightest hint at, you know, not being some like angel or something, that I find that the parents get really upset. And right. they say like, how can you, you know, shun my children like this and, and not be a good role model? And I think, you know, I, I don't know, I'm just... Trying to get by like everybody, so I'm just. You know. And you're also you're also 21 years old, like it's. You, yeah, exactly. You're, you're like, not 14 years old. Yeah, and you know, even some of my fans that were were fans like in the in the earlier stages uh, of you know when I started at Carly or whatever, they've they've turned or jumped ship at some point or another because I'll do something that's not that they don't agree with, or they'll say like, oh, we thought you were some like wholesome person and. Now you're not, and oh God, heaven forbid, this or that or the other thing. But like oh, you said, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> it's like, true. Yeah. Like it's your, it's like true. it's your fault that you didn't turn out to be what. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, you can't do anything about that because. Uh, well, it, it's, there's a fun, there's a fun response when people are like, "How come you're not like your character? You you can just go, guys. You know, this isn't a documentary, right? Like this is a yeah. scripted acting mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Hang on." But it's not a documentary. No, Sam and Cat's not a documentary. <laughs> but I do think that um, <laughs> Matt's leaving. You really do have to go, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just not being a documentary was the way to go out. That was. Oh, I, I didn't mean to ruin that. Yeah, okay. Do you want to do, do you want to take it back? Comedy goalie, Chris. Okay. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. I'll, I'll give you the opportunity. Thanks. I'll give you the opportunity. So, so you just tell them that Sam and Cat's not a documentary. <laughs> Wait a second. It's not a documentary. No, Matt. I thought we understood this. Matt. No, come back. Okay, buddy, it'll be a documentary for you. I'm not that skinny, Katie! <laughs> Katie, let Matt by. Hi, Matt. He's trying to make a lumbering nice exit. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Thank you for touching me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Go watch the documentary, Frasier. All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, this podcast just took a shit. <laughs> its name was Matt Myra. <laughs> Did he? Okay. I want you to show me on this doll where the bad man talked to you about Fraser. <laughs> okay, good. Good, good, good. Um, well, it's interesting that... Yeah, but just... <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people get so messed up because they, you know, there's expectations and they want to, you know, they want to do well and they want their careers to do well. But I, but I really believe that, you know, the more you're yourself, totally, the better it is because then it's just like, well, now this is who I am. If you don't want to follow this, then don't follow it. Exactly. I've, I, I, I try to live up to, I think that more wholesome image for until I was like maybe 18 and then something I just, you know, Maybe my friends or, you know, I don't know, my family just being like, you're going to go crazy if you try and, you know, make all these people happy all the time. I just started having a more, 
a little bit of a more laid back, I guess, mindset when it came to it all. Like if I want to post something, I'm just going to post it and not look at any comments or read any of that and uh, just do, like you said, if I'm, if I'm being true, it sounds pathetic, but if I'm being true to myself, then I can't like, uh, it's, it's like a, like a, a tightrope or something. And you, if you're being true to yourself and you're like walking, it, it's, you don't have that shit. I can't talk. It's like, if you're being true to yourself, you don't have to worry about living up to anybody else's standard because right. you can't like misstep. At the end of the day, you have to be happy with your choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're making choices, and I've been there, the choices where you're trying to make other people happy or you want them to like you, yeah. it's just dangerous because not everyone's going to like you. And, yes. and then on top of that, you're going to hate yourself more because you're like, I don't even... It's like you were I don't country, even like it's like the country music yeah, thing. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't even want to be doing this and I'm doing it and, and then I'm still getting shit for it, but I didn't want to do it to begin with. You exactly. Know? So exactly. It, it, it really is important. I knew a guy, and he had this um, he had this idea that every so often he would just he would make a really kind of strong statement about something, knowing that he would kind of shake off the fringe people who were following him, mm-hmm. because he was like, look, he had a lot of followers, but but he just sort of felt that um, you know if he thought if you're not really into me. I mean, if you're really into me, I shouldn't be able to lose you because I make one ridiculous statement. Yeah. You know? And so he just felt like That's it was a way cool. of just like, of just uh, scraping off the, like shaking the tree basically to get all of the, the loose apples out. I love that. That's great. <laughs> so That's it, was, smart. it was like strategic on his part. Mm-hmm. And he thought, you know, the, the, the true fans of my work will stick around. Totally. And the people who, who were going to find some reason to not like me anyway will go away. Huh. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Cool. I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that crazy or terrible of a situation. Because you know, eventually, Sam and how many, do you know? How do you know how long the show's going to run? Do, I don't. Uh, it seem. I, it seems like we're ending at forty because you know me. I'm uh, twenty one and my until you're forty years old, you're going to do the exactly. Mm-hmm. Excited. <laughs> uh, my co-star is twenty, so like we're. You know, we're when she has a big music career, and we both have other things that we sort of want to pursue. So I feel like they're kind of ready to close it so do you so are your represent are, are they sending you scripts like oh here's some other things to start looking at are you actively looking at other things yeah actively looking at other things and uh you know there have been a few a few things that just haven't panned out because of timing and you know i can't do anything about that working on a, a sure. show but uh i the biggest thing i face is that people that have been in a similar position to me in the past um on you know being coming from a, a kids show they have not been able to like open a movie well and a lot sure. of the things that uh that seem to that I seem to be of interest to the producers of are, are movies and then at some point some finance or something will pull up like the you know spreadsheet of who's opened a movie and they'll be like well this person Selena Gomez didn't open this movie and this person didn't open this movie and so you know they automatically assume well this is going to have the same outcome so why should we cast you if you're gonna result in not being able to open a movie just like the other people we've cast sure come from a similar place sure um my 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 response to that would be and maybe this isn't how it works but i think as long as you make good um even though we established that movies can be a a a drag yeah but if you make if, if, if you make if you make good actor choices as opposed to good you know like starring role i don't i mean the whole idea of like being the st- I think it's being the star of a movie sounds shitty. Me too. I would way rather be like the funny, crazy friend who comes in. There's no responsibility on no my shoulders. No pressure. No, I just come in and be like, who got it? And then I leave. 
And then and then everyone's like, oh, that other guy was really funny. He like said who farted. Boy. Yeah, exactly. And so oh, I think <laughs> who farted uh, in 2014. The finger. the finger goes up. And so I think that uh, I think that's what you want to you know you want to you want to be able to make better acting creative choices. And I think if you if you can find those, then people will see. Oh, you're really funny. You know, like um, totally. from in the in the with the show Friends. I yeah. feel like. I mean, obviously Jennifer Aniston got super famous. Yeah. Like way more famous, like super, super famous. Yeah. But I feel like Lisa Kudrow was the one. Oh God, the genius. That always made like really uh, good actor choices and, yeah. would, and didn't have to star in a movie. Yeah. You know, so good. About a chimp who plays baseball. Uh, <laughs> Ed. Was it Ed? It was. Yeah. But you know, they get so enticed by like, oh, I could open a movie and be a movie star. But if you try to make movie star choices, I think that's where you get fucked. Like you got to make good actor character choices to show people that you're talented then at a certain point they'll see you because of your talent not because you were on a show and yeah. you know and I think that's where I think that's the back door in I don't I don't think it's trying to star and stuff I think that's a drag no totally uh, you know in my in my team's defense this was more just a project that um, I liked and the role happened to be the starring role oh, but gotcha. I really liked it um, but we're all on the same page in that I uh, they sort of have said similar things to what what you just said, and uh, I I feel like I I'm with a, a good team who they kind of get where I'm coming from and they get the things that I want to do and they're not pushing me to you know they're not like oh well you have to make music because everybody makes music or oh you have to try and star in some teen comedy because that's what you're expected to do so they're really uh, they're trying to trying to I guess cater to what I want and where I feel like I can you know, do something uh, worthwhile and uh, they're, they're cool in that way. Well, the, you're, you're in with a good group at Funny or Die. They're great. Yeah. I love those guys. They're fantastic. Well, they're, they're the, one of the producers of At Midnight, like oh. the show they work on. So I work, I work with them every day. Oh, cool. And they're such, it's such a great team. Yeah. That's a perfect example of a group of people where you can go, look, if you're just doing a weird low budge comedy, just let me be in it and let me be funny. Yes. And then, you know, work for no money. Yeah. And then but then just show people that you're funny. Exactly. And then and then you'll be fine. They were they were it was a great um I was really nervous to actually go in and talk to those guys too, because uh, I don't know, just because why wouldn't why wouldn't I be? But um I, I got to I got to I worked with them for a couple of days back in December and as soon as I got to set they were just so uh, inviting and so um, there was no I realized there was no reason to be like afraid and they they were just cool and you know easy going and not intimidating and very I know the word the real is kind of outplayed but very real yeah you know? like they were just all chill they're just good people mm-hmm. they're just really good funny people and they're an amazing team of like they get shit done like you, yeah they've been so great to work with over here mm-hmm. but that's totally a place where you could just explore and it's also contextually a safe zone because if you're doing something for funny or die mm-hmm. I don't think people are going to be like what is you're like oh it's funny or die mm-hmm. like, that's where people do those kinds of things yeah sometimes ideas just sometimes that stuff just needs a little bit of context yeah that you know I mean, you look at stuff that they get away with Funny or Die or like South Park or shows yeah. like that, that if you did those jokes or you did that stuff outside of those, mm-hmm. people would would burn you alive. Mm-hmm. But within the context of those entities, it's this sort of like, we, you know, people just accept like, oh, but that's those things and that, that's what they do there. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, I think it really is just sort of aligning your, um, your interests with the people, you know, like those areas where you want to work. Totally. That's exciting. I think that's really exciting. I'm excited for you. 
Thanks. That you get to, you know, it's like you're, you're essentially, as soon as the show's done, you're essentially just kind of get to start over in a way. Yeah. I mean, and it, like you said, it, I find it a lot more fulfilling to work with people that you, that you enjoy being around. Just like, you know, I mentioned I, sort of the friends that I'm around are sort of, are, have that same mentality. It makes it so much easier because I, I did this country music and I did this, you know, I did so many things that were just like, oh, I was just doing what somebody told me to do and didn't really have, I wasn't happy because I wasn't, uh, because I'm a creative person and I wasn't creatively doing anything that was fulfilling to me. Well, there's yeah. an interesting, there's, there's an interesting comedy story to tell in there too, because you have a very unique point of view that very few people have, like mm-hmm. a, such a small percentage of the population has that point of view. And so, you know, even if it wasn't officially like a stand-up thing, if you just did some sort of a monologue about it, about, you know, these are the, oh, I think I saw you at one of Matt's shows, actually. I think the very first one. Oh, yeah. I think, did you get up on stage or were you just there? He had me like, I don't know, carry a cake or something. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I think, you know, I think there is a lot of comedy to be had for like, you know, I lived this life and so much of my life was people telling me that I had to do this and kind of destroying the mythos of, you know, like what that life is. Mm-hmm. I think there's something really funny in there. Yeah. Me <laughs> <laughs> But maybe you need a little more perspective on it too so you can actually write. Sometimes when we're too close to things, like, that's not funny, that's just kind of weird. That's my life. Yeah. Um, but I think it's kind of funny that you, I, I think it's, in retrospect, it's funny that it's like, I got forced to be a country star. What the fuck? Like, I don't know. That's, that's really funny to me. Yeah. And then that way you take ownership over it too. Yeah, totally. Mm hmm. And then you're like, you know, maybe country music isn't so bad. And then you actually release <laughs> then a real I country. Do it, do it with Faith. You do. <laughs> That's what you need. You oh replace, God, could you, you imagine? Re- you can replace Tim. <laughs> do you want to do anything more? Mu- any musical stuff anymore? Mm-mm. No, I just like I post covers to YouTube from time to time, but that's basically just because uh, I don't know if I feel like it, and I'm in my bedroom and I'm bored, I'll just post one. But and otherwise, no, I don't want to pursue it. I thought it was. I, I could I just got a little window into your personality because I, I saw like I, I looked you up earlier it's like oh what other what other music stuff is she posted and I saw you did a cover of Wrecking Ball on your YouTube channel and the funniest part to me was in the description you were just like I'm making a lot of weird faces in here so just ignore that I thought that was really it was really funny that you felt that not only were you aware that that you thought something was weird but you had to let people know at the same time thanks I feel Again, I feel like that's something that now everybody or every young person feels the need to do. Like we can't, we can't post something unless we're. It's there's like a disclaimer attached. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh god, I'm hideous. Like, here's this picture, and it's some you know fine, just fine picture. But then it's like, oh, I'm the worst. Or I have a theory about that, but what do you think it is? Um, I think it is. I think it's mixed. Um. I actually just I don't I don't know why I can't like rephrase it, but I just wrote an essay um, for Wall Street Journal on it like last week. And Jesus! It was I I don't I don't I. You're casually throwing out your column in the Wall Street Journal. I mean that's that's a big. <laughs> it was intentional. That's no, a big deal. Um, <laughs> you probably never heard of it as a Wall Street Journal. Um, but. I think it's, especially, I think girls do it more than guys. I think girls will be like, oh, I'm so fat and so ugly, and they'll post a picture, and they're like eight pounds and, you know, gorgeous, and it's like uh, Kylie Jenner or something, and come on. But I think it's just, we, it's like we have to, or we think we do, because heaven forbid we actually think we look good in something, you know, we're going to get shit for that, and then if, but then if we, but then nobody has yet started, um, giving people shit for saying that they look bad 
for like everybody's like self-deprecating and yeah it's just this weird i don't know i can't figure it I think out it's partially to take away the power from the audience to show the audience that you're aware of yourself so that you're less you're basically taking some of their attack initiative hmm. away hmm. and then on top of that there's a part of you that sort of hopes like I hope people say that I don't look dumb. I mean, like, I know times where yeah. I've been like, oh, this is stupid. You kind of just hope people are like, it's not stupid. Well, yeah, because otherwise, why would you, you wouldn't have posted in the first place, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know? it's my, my, dad, uh, my dad used to do that where he would say, um, well, I don't think I'm going to, you know, I, I, I don't know. I want to come out and visit, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to come out and visit. And I'd be like, all right. And then there'd be a weird pause and he'd go, no, you're supposed to. You want me to you're supposed to beg visit? me to. You're supposed yeah. to tell me that you want me to come out. He was like, "Come on, I'm the I'm the world's greatest fisherman." He would, mm. you know, like he was always just sort of fishing for for me to. And then so I'd be fine. like, "No, of course, please come out." You know, like mm-hmm. then you just it's it's you just have to you know satisfy your part of the equation. Yeah. By being like, "No, please, I want you to come around." I feel like when people people posting content is like like you said like a parent guilting. That's literally what the equivalent is. Do you know what I mean? Like you're trying to either like guilt people into saying, no, like you look great. You look great. Or then if you think somehow it doesn't affect you if they insult you because like, well, I said it first, like, right. not, you know, shedding light on anything I didn't already know. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very complex time to be, a, uh, especially a young person. I don't know. Do you think that people, do you think that young people now are, do, do you get the sense that people aren't empathetic just because yeah. of the way they interact online? You really, mm-hmm. you do? Yeah. Absolutely. I can't tell if it's a real loss of empathy or if it's just a fake digital one. Like, people would say stuff shitty online, but if you met them, they would never say shitty things to you. So right. maybe maybe it's not real. I just can't tell how real it is. I mean, I, I feel like people are on their phones more than they're interacting in real life. So there's something, you know, real to the fact that they're doing it so much, you know? Do you like the idea of thinking about, because I remember a time where there weren't any of those things. And I can't remember what I did all day. Like, I really just can't remember, like, how did yeah. I fill the time if I wasn't distracted by everything? Yeah, I've started, I, I felt like I was on my phone too much um, for a couple years there. So I've started, like, I've tried to charge my phone every other day so that I just can not be on it. Um, and it's, I find that I'll habitu- I'll just, like, grab from my phone or, or sometimes, not anxiety, but sometimes I'll feel like, Oh God, what do I do? Like I, I'm just, I'm on set and I don't have my phone to check and I don't really want to like talk to somebody. So then I'll just like have to pee conveniently. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Because like it's, it's something to do and it's a way to escape anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. And even if you're not doing anything that is, you know, that's the word escape. It's the escape. Mm -hmm. It's just having this right here and just rubbing it like a worry stone. (laughs) And then when you're in a situation where you don't want to have to actually look around and deal with people. Oh my God, at that party the other day, for the first like 15 minutes, I was just like this on my phone, <laughs> sort of looking around. Yeah. I wasn't even looking anything up. I was just like rifling through apps or oh, like, exactly. oh, just Twitter. <laughs> yep, I already saw those tweets, but uh, oh, that's cool. Let me just, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'll sort of do this thing sometimes where I, you know, if I'm, if I'm kind of casually looking, then I'll, I'll like furrow my eyebrow like and look, it. Like, like, oh, okay, this is really serious. In reality, there's nothing serious <laughs> happening. <laughs> on here but yeah. it just it, it just kind of breaks <laughs> it up a little bit and also lets people know don't come near me I'm doing something that's oh, yeah. important right now yes I found that oftentimes I would have my phone and I was like just 
shocked by the amount of times that people would still like come up to engage in conversation. I was like trying to show them with, you know, the said brow furrow, I would like be trying to show them that I was not ready to engage in like an in-person conversation. But they, the fact they just like wouldn't see that. So then I'd be, I'd try and like keep my eyes locked on the phone and be like, Oh yeah, sure. And act really uninterested in what they had to say, but they still wouldn't get it. <laughs> like it's so, can't you see I'm uncomfortable in interpersonal situations and I'm trying to distract myself <laughs> with my phone and you're violating that right now. <laughs> yeah. But eventually I, I had to look up from the phone and I, and I think it's, <laughs> I think it's okay. I think it's okay to, you know, it's just being comfortable being an idiot sometimes. I think just, you know, saying like, well, I'm going to say things and they're not going to be necessarily that interesting yeah. I'll, I'll tell you where I lucked out. I met a guy at a party who talked a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was so great because it just took all the pressure off of it. Mm-hmm. And then I just became more of a, uh-huh, really? And then what happened? Like, And then it wasn't <laughs> so much like he was really driving the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that sort of loosened me up a little bit. That's cool. Now, I know that there are some Matt Myras in the world who are like, Jen, take me to a party and I'll break the ice. <laughs> but you, I can't let you do that. <laughs> He's going to insult someone. <laughs> he's going to insult someone. He's, he's, he's adorable. Were you put off by Matt at all or do you think he's adorable? He's, do you think he was okay? No, I think he's adorable. Okay, good, 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 good. Good, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. He is. We, we love him. We love him. But he's, he's a pretty... He's pretty... He's pretty... Uh, bl- blunt? Blunt, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's pretty blunt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff comes out as, <laughs> listen, I didn't watch that stupid thing you were in. We're like, Matt, what are you saying? Please stop now. Wait, one of our first podcast episodes ever was Rain Wilson. And, uh, and Matt, goes, <laughs> Matt goes, oh, I stopped watching Six Feet Under when you came on. And Rain was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and it was the first time because it was still so new in the podcast. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. I just watched a red flag get erected. <laughs> In the shape of Matt Myra, <laughs> but he's 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 adorable and lovable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this was it. Since this is not you made it weird, this is about an hour that you've been on the podcast. Um, but I'm really, really, really interested and fascinated just by your story, and then also, you know, you sort of being this um, kind of anomaly in your generation of people that I think most older folks like myself go. Ah, those mouth breathers, they just want to watch the Kardashians and get high all the time, you know. But it's nice to hear that, um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's nice to hear that even at a young age that you can have, that you, that, you're, that you have depth. I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast are more in line with, with that. Yeah. Then the you know we're we're in the non Kardashian spheres yeah. of pop culture, <laughs> great. So it's a good group. Are, do you do you do you interact with uh, do you interact with people on Twitter still? Um, I do like yeah sometimes. You mean just like writing back to yeah 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 like, just like interacting. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think you'd like the nerds. I think I think you would. I think you would dig the nerds. Yeah. I think they're just a little more in line with the way that you think, and then you wouldn't feel so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> I just. I think. I think that's sort of maybe fish out of water thing that you're feeling. It's not your fault. I think it's everyone <laughs> else's fault who's currently around you. I like that. And then you'll start to shed some of that, and then you'll start meeting. Like I said, you'll start meeting people that are more your tribe, and then you'll be like, holy shit. Like Kyle, when when you first when you first started hanging around comedians, mm-hmm. it totally changed oh. your life, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it was was like just discovering. Oh, this is where I've been supposed to be the whole time. 
Because yeah. before that, you just felt like a fucking oh, freak. Oh, that's yeah, outcast. You're, you're, you're just the guy who, who says things and people sort of go, oh, that guy has some kind of problem with his brain. Yeah. yeah. And, and you realize all of a sudden everybody's uh, in comedy, you know, they're a little smart, they're a little sensitive, yeah. they're, they're smart alky, and you can just sort of pick up and... And it's it's it was a life changing. Tell me, tell me, tell me. This was always my this was always my favorite reaction. Is uh, you throw out some, you know, like before I discovered the groups of comics, you just sort of say something in conversation, and someone just goes, "Okay." It's yeah. like that that reaction. Oh, fuck. yeah. I fucking hate that reaction. Mm-hmm. Oh, when yeah. did you start hanging out with? Uh, five six years ago, when I started comedy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and I had a group of funny friends that I banded together with who were like writers and stuff in high yeah. school. But outside of that, I was sort of like, so this is how you people live, huh? Just do this all the time. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the last piece of unsolicited advice before we release it. release you back into the wild, and that is this. <laughs> and it is and it is and you know I'm sure I'm gonna get more comments like, why do you keep telling people to do comedy? Um, I, I I'm gonna recommend that you. Take an improv class, like at UCB or at Nerdist or, or whatever. Just take an improv class because what you'll discover is a bunch of other like-minded people, mm-hmm. and it'll—I think it'll be the springboard for like, oh, these are the this is, these are the people I should be, you know, hanging out with. And also, just getting some basic improv rule skills, I think, will make you feel more comfortable, like doing shit on stage in front of people. Yeah, totally. It's just a good—it's a good environment. But I think just as a as a social experiment, I think. Starting to, you know, to to lean toward uh, groups that have more like comedy minded people like that, I think would really uh, open your eyes, and then you would start to feel normal. Do you say there's one at uh, Meltdown? Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. I did some. I did like four at uh, at Groundlings, but I found. I, I, I have a lot of people, a lot of friends, like, in the main company and stuff, and yep. they're great, and they've invited me to do shows with them, but, again, the being scared, I just, I'm terrified, so I was like, oh, well, I'll do some of the improv workshops first, yeah. and then I'll audition and see if I get in and see if there's anything there, so um, I auditioned into, like, the basic uh, level there, but I, like, I I hope nobody's listening that was in the class with me, but they were, I just didn't, they were all, like, actors, like every one of them wanted to be an actor, and I feel like oh. there's a certain, there's a certain, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You want to be around comedians. You want to learn about. You want to be around comedians and not, not actors yes. who are just playing with improv. Yeah, like every that. one of them are like, here's my headshot to everybody else in the class. And yeah. like, yeah, that's why I took improv classes. Right, like it's I don't. Super weird. What? Why do? Yeah. Ugh. I think a lot of managers say, "All right, you need to take some improv classes," mm-hmm. and so so there's a lot of ones in there because their manager told them. It Good or a lot of podcast yeah. hosts are like, you should take an improv class, like something like that. <laughs> but hanging out, hanging out at open mics and hanging out, like that's another way to really start meeting. I mean, so many friends. When I started doing, when I started doing stand up, like full time in like ninety eight, you know, the the group at that time was a pretty amazing group of yeah. at the time like young comics, and this was like the you know. The Zach Galifianakis's and Patton Oswalt's of the world, mm-hmm. and then it just, you know, like you just kind of meet your group. But I think that you know, I, I I'm just giving you that advice because I think you would feel more normal if you were around it. more of those types of people, and then you would realize that it's everyone else and not you. Thanks. I will definitely look into the meltdown when that sounds promising. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good. There's some good stuff. Well, listen. Thank you so much for being here. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having come me. Come back anytime you want. Um, come hang out at, at midnight if you want to. It's a it's a nice, snazzy, fun, cool group of people with the funnier die folks. And and good luck with everything. Thank honestly, you. you have you have a good you just got a good head on your shoulders, and it's just 
You know, it's just breaking through some of that, like, just breaking through some of that shit that gets in your way, which is in your own head. You're in your own head a lot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just figuring out how to how to how to get around the internal chatter all yeah. the time. But um, that will be for another, or maybe that'll be for Pete's podcast. <laughs> just bring water. <laughs> <laughs> bring snacks and just a flare gun like at any point if you feel like I, I just, phew, just I just fire the flare gun and then and then you'll be uh, then you'll be okay uh, alright cool thanks Jen cool thank you enjoy your burrito everyone enjoy your burrito that was Matt <laughs> that was actually more John Lovitz <laughs> enjoy your <laughs> freighter am I the at the John Lovitz recording have we ever seen them in the same room oh my god they're the same person <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey you, it's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, well, JJ, JJ, why are you, yeah. why are you whispering? Well, it, there's, there's a psst in the, in the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span. Our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests... All right, here we, we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life. And if you're yeah, a Matthew wondering fan, then you're going to... Stone. Yeah. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen uh, to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.